Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And this week we watched How to Be Single, which um, I didn't do the research like I never do. Allison did it. So she'll tell you about How to Be Single. (laughs) (laughs) Which came out in 2016. It has a 47% on Rotten Tomatoes and was directed by Christian Ditter and written by Abby Cohn, Mark Silverstein, and Dana Fox and stars every white woman you've ever met. Dakota Johnson, Allison Brie, Rebel Wilson, Leslie Mann, Cousin Greg is there. Who else? One of the workaholics, not sure which. Anders Holm. Jason Manzukis. Damon missing Wayne's someone. Jr. Damon Wayne's Jr. Jake Lacey. Jake Lacey. Get it. This is this movie should be called How to Be Single If You're White. Truly. I this is another example of like a story set in New York where it is the whitest version of New York I've ever seen. I feel like feel like it's just it's like another movie or TV show where they're like, well, we realized we didn't cast any people of color. So someone get Dave Wayne's Jr. on the horn. And now. Truly. Also, like none of those women could have been a woman in co- of color. Like you needed those women all to be white. I don't think so. Um, Carrie, what is How to Be Single about? It's right there in the title. It's about how to be single, Allison. Yeah, it's about a bunch it's of a- different single women. Yeah, it's about like the different approaches to dating. The primary story is Dakota Johnson, who um, graduates college and decides that she's been with the same boyfriend for all four years of college. Cousin Greg. Dis- His name and- is Nicholas Braun. Right, Cousin Greg. Um, and she decides that they need to take some time apart so that she can, you know, figure out who she is. A very 22 year old just graduated from college yeah she needs like her she is her single experience in new york um and then kind of how she and then the story is like how she actually figures that out with a lot of like fits and starts um and truly ends up trying to you know really kind of figuring out who she is and what she wants and she befriends uh, Rebel Wilson along the way. Says mean but funny things to her. Yes, Leslie Mann plays her older sister, um, who is a career-focused OBGYN who decides to have a baby on her own after not liking kids and then seeing apparently her first baby, despite being an OBGYN. <laughs> She's like, "Oh, I've seen a baby, and now I want one." And it's like, "Ma'am, you see lots of babies." Right. Like this is the first baby you've ever seen. Right. Um, yes. And so right decides um that she's gonna um have a baby on her own and then starts a relationship with Jake Lacey. Um yeah, Allison, what were your predictions for this movie? I don't know. See, I had thought I have seen this movie, but then I said something in the middle of the movie and you were like, You've never seen this movie. So I think I didn't remember it at all. I think because of when it came out, I didn't think it was going to like be horribly offensive. And I don't think it was. My predictions were that it was going to be okay. And it turned out to be like, there were some very funny moments. I think there are some problems, most of which is we already said it's a movie about New York that features only white women. Yeah. 
And yeah. It's a movie I feel like now that I've watched it, I will again forget about. Like I watched it, now I've forgotten about it. And then I forgot about it. Now I watched it again. I was like, oh, that was enjoyable two hours. And now I will forget about it again. Yeah, I mean, this is a, this this movie is not like doing anything groundbreaking. It's a very like standard. We discovered as we were starting it that it was written by Mark Silverstein and Abby Cohn, who also wrote, he's just not that into you and Valentine's Day they do you know they they are adept at um valentine's day yes i looked it up last night okay i believe you um they're adept at this sort of like ensemble fluffy rom-com um i do i do really like this movie i think i told you at the beginning like i'm gonna be an apologist for this movie um, despite whatever its flaws may be. Um, Cause I do really like this movie. Um, but I understand what you're saying that it's kind of like an enjoyable watch. And then you like move on with your life. It's not sticking with you in any kind of significant way. And that's true. No, but I wasn't like mad that we watched it. It's not like, I don't, that's like such a <laughs> milk toast endorsement. I'm now I'm trying to make it sound better. It's that like, I, it was a perfectly pleasant night. And now it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like part of, I think the hard part of our ensemble, romantic comedies or ensemble, any movies, is, and I think what I had a hard time with this movie is you have so much less time to connect and get deep with each character. And particularly like the Dakota Johnson character dates several different men throughout the movies and they're each, each relationship is supposed to have some level of significance to her. And it's hard to see it like to really get deep into any of that because that happened so quickly. The relationship I think that they have the, that is she has the most chemistry with her is the most sort of believable is her and Nicholas Braun, who again is cousin Greg. Very weird to watch him be anyone but cousin Greg now. Truly. Um, and that's because they're sort of given to us as college sweethearts. And I think we get the most time with him. He's in the most of the movie and then at one point she meets Damon Wayans Jr. and he's handsome and they date and he's uh, a widower and it's sort of a sweet story and they're both very good but there's not a ton of chemistry and same with like the other relationships like I really like we this is a Jake Lacey Stan podcast and I like and I think he and Leslie Mann do have good chemistry but uh, then give me that whole movie like I just there's not enough of it I love Alison Brie and I love Jason Manzukis. I have no idea why they're in this movie. They're not even really connected to the other, like Leslie Mann, mm-hmm. Dakota Johnson and Rebel Wilson. Dakota Johnson is Leslie Mann's sister, like you said. And then she and Rebel Wilson end up being best friends. And it really becomes a story about like those two women's friendships. And then Alison Brie like also hangs out at the bar they're at. Like there's, I don't think any of them ever speak to her. No, like, they connected. never interact they're connected to her through the bartender so it's not really you know it's not like an anthology movie where you're seeing a bunch of different stories that may or may not connect it's just sort of like it's like they had that but then they cut a bunch of people and just left Allison Brie and I'm not sure why we needed the Allison Brie Jason Hanzuka storyline why we couldn't have just given that time to deepen any of the relationships or any of the other characters because 
the story ends up being about Rebel Wilson and Dakota Johnson's friendship. And all we know about Rebel Wilson is she has a lot of sex and is funny. Like there's nothing that character isn't super deep. I feel like Alison Bree's there because like they felt like they needed like the Charlotte York character, like the, the woman who is, you know, in love with love and want and really wants to get married and, and have babies and all of, you know, is, is focused on that and, and really working at trying to get married. Um, but I don't quite understand like, okay, if you wanted that character, sure. First of all, I don't, I don't know that we, you know, like we've, we've, we've spent years. Year. We don't need it. Right. We've spent years with Charlotte. We don't really need like a new iteration of her dating online. So like we're, Charlotte's coming back guys. We're, ne- we're right. never getting rid of those bitches. Um, right. Um, but, but then why not just add her to the friend group? I guess I don't understand like why she was like this, this ancillary storyline. Yes. And Liz- although I think part of it is that like, so Anders Holm plays the owner of this bar and he and Alison Brie um, Alison Brie lives above the bar and they kind of have a friendship. And then he also has sort of like a friends with benefits situation with Dakota Johnson. And um, he ends up de- having developing kind of feelings for Alison Brie. Um, but he sleeps with Dakota Johnson occasionally. And I guess if they were friends, like that storyline becomes far more fraught or maybe even undoable in a movie like this so maybe that's why she's kept separate um but for the sake of storytelling it was weird that we had these sort of like parallel stories but there weren't enough of them to make it feel like a valentine's day or a he's just not that into you and like maybe then Allison Brie is serving his story, but he doesn't have enough of a, his story is like, I sleep with a lot of women and then maybe I develop feelings for some. So like, and he doesn't end up with Allison. Allison Brie ends up with Jason Manzoukas. And I like that. I like that. Like he confesses his love for her and she's not like great. Like she's not, I like that the woman who wants to get married is not like, okay, this commitment phobic man now wants me. So I give to him. She's like, no, I want the guy. I want the non-commitment phobic man. Right. I want this guy who, who always felt that way. Like I, I like the way in which that story is told but so it's just sort of like basically like there's a joke earlier that he doesn't uh turn his water on so that because if women get thirsty they won't be able to drink water so they'll have to leave and like a true he's like dakota johnson's like going through his apartment and he's like a true sociopath that's like created his apartment so that no woman can spend the night um and like if the story is like him maybe getting more ready to commit to someone at the end of it he like turns on his water and it's like okay that's cute but that was like a very small story that we had Allison Brie sort of serving and then no other purpose like can we just get back can we just get back to the to the story at hand (laughs) right right could we not have done that I don't know with only Dakota Johnson did we need Allison Brie I don't think the answer is yes yeah yeah and again, it pains me. I, lo- I love Alison Brie. I love Jason Manzoukas. I want them in all movies. Why are they here? Yeah. Um, one thing you kind of hinted on, is, and I think why I like this movie, I like this movie for lots of reasons that we'll get into, but one of the things I really like about this movie is that it, with almost every sort of, each of the storylines that get, you know, with 
each storyline that gets wrapped up, it turns the sort of rom-com trope on its head, right? Like Alison Brie does not end up with the commitment phobic asshole who she manages to tame. She ends up with the nice guy who always wanted to be with her. And like, and he doesn't suddenly become like some kind of wonderful guy who wants marriage and children like he kind of like you said he turns his water back on he's taking small baby steps towards like maybe having something beyond a one-night stand um leslie mann as like the career-driven woman like she has a baby but there's never any expectation that she's going to leave her career and in fact she ends up with a partner who plans to be the primary like child care Taker. He is excited about it. We love a man. What is the word I'm looking caregiver. for? The primary care thank caregiver. You, caregiver. Yes. Um, so like, you know, she's not like tamed by some man who's going to turn her into a mom. I mean, she becomes a mom, but, but then she also like finds this partner that's going to support her continuing to have her career. Yes. There's a very funny scene where Jake Lucy, after they have been dating for several months and she can no longer hide her pregnancy, he finds out. And she's like, and as a like argument to why this relationship will work out, she says like, what are you going to stay home with the baby? And he says like, did I win the lottery? That sounds amazing. Like it's very excited at the idea that he now gets to like stay home and raise a child he's because like, she's going to bring home like- the money. He's like, I never have to work again and I get to hang out with a baby all day. Like, that sounds great. Which also, like, let's, I would like to caveat this as somebody with children that being a stay-at-home parent is not, like, all puppies and rainbows and stay-at-home parents. I truly, like, I think parents who are stay-at-home parents, like, they've, like, leveled up in some way. Like, it is astounding the amount of, like, work and that they do it's astounding the amount yes, of work as that stay-at-home parents do as someone who's made most of her living being a nanny which is different than a stay-at-home parent because I get to go home to no children at the end of the day but childcare is very hard work yeah <laughs> domestic work is very hard work yeah and so this sort of joke of him being like sweetie get to just like chill with a baby all day it's part of it's like bro you don't know yeah. how hard it is to raise a child and also I think we've 180 from this place of like like we want to see working women we love working women and so we let men like sort of get excited about staying home with children but like I don't know there was something a little bit and again I really I thought that scene was very funny but there's something a little bit like you never see a woman excited to stay home with her child in tv or movies like if we had a woman be like yes I get to be um a stay-at-home parent I don't think it would land the same way. And it's sort of like, there's almost like, because men are expected to be the partner that works and women are expected to be the partner that stays home. There's a level of like, oh, the bar is on the floor that just because this man is excited to be a stay-at-home parent, that is telling us that he's this like amazing guy, which for the sake of the movie, I'll buy Jake Lacey is handsome and charming. And that scene is very funny, but also like, if he is going to agree to be this woman and raise his child then ra- and raise her child, then raising that child is the expectation. You're taking that on. And so you don't get a gold star for just like right. getting to be a parent. If you don't want to do that, it's entirely within your right to be like, I'm so sorry, this is too much for me. Best of luck in all your future endeavors. 
but there was a little bit of like look at it it's a man who wants to raise a child can you believe this unicorn (laughs) yeah like let's clap for him Yeah. yeah I remember like I have a friend who said that you know like he was the primary parent who would like drop his kids off at daycare and the daycare providers were always like oh my god you're such a good dad and he's like because I'm dropping my kids off at daycare like like I literally just drove them here and delivered them to you like that's the expectation as a parent um and it is it's like dad get you know dads get like praise for doing things that moms are expected to do and that Um, if moms don't do then they're like right not doing their full duties (laughs) right um so I, I, but I do, you know, in terms of like the endings, um, Dakota Johnson, who is our protagonist for all intents and purposes, um, doesn't end up with anybody. She ends up with herself. Um, and ends up with Rebel Wilson, not in a romantic way, but like they make up and are best friends again. Yeah. Um, so I really, like, I think the first time I saw this movie, I was really kind of pleasantly surprised by the the choices that were made in terms of turning some of the tropes on their head and um finding ways to tell this story without falling back on you know like the happily ever after of it all well and i like that there's lots of different ways i think a lot of times in the movie where the woman the woman ends up alone the there's sort of an implication or maybe this is my own shit but there's sort of an implication where like uh she ends up alone because she would be sacrificing something to end up with a partner um and I like that this movie shows like a woman choosing to be alone and also shows like a woman like Leslie Mann's character like also choosing to have a partner like both of those are valid um choices that make sense for different people at different times um Rebel Wilson just continues to live her life because she's happy being single and and going out every night and having lots of casual encounters like Right. All, and all of those choices, I mean, we can unpack the, like, one fat woman we have in this movie is sexually promiscuous trope. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice that you have all see all these sort of different ways to be single, and they're all sort of valid and respected, and then ways to either end up with a partner or not. Right. Um, but I do think we have, like, four too many <laughs> Yeah, I like the Damon Wayans Jr. story. I like that he's dealing with the loss of his wife and trying to teach his daughter about it. It comes like an hour and a half into this movie and I'm supposed to connect to a new character. Like, I'm tired, guys. I'm trying to yeah. tell a lot of stories here. Yeah, there's definitely like some pacing issues with this movie. There's no doubt. I would venture to say, and I, I love... Um, Mark Silverstein and Abby Cohn movies, but I would venture to say that that is typical of them. They definitely have some like pacing development issues. I I think um, that that's tends to be. Um, it's just hard to typical. do. It's hard to do when you have these ensemble. Yeah. Movies. And I think part of it is you have to lessen the importance of a lot of the stories. You know, we look at something like love actually which is similarly, and again, throwing back to our very first episode, has a lot of problems, but I think it's a very good ensemble, like multi-story movie 
because you have the big ones. You have the Hugh Grant story and the Colin Firth story. Right. And then you have medium-sized ones and then you have little baby ones. Like fully the the Martin, what's his face? Hobbit. Freeman. Martin Freeman story of them like meeting on set as stand-ins in a sexy movie and falling in love is like three beats that just give us like and there's next to no conflict like it's truly just like people having conversations and falling in love right that we only that we only need so that then you can give more time and more development to the Colin Firth uh and his assistant and or yes and his assistant both him and Hugh Grant end up with their assistants in this movie oh god so anyway my point is (laughs) sexual politics aside I think there's a way to make an ensemble movie work and feel paced and to really, and still have a feel like the characters are specific and unique and that we've, and we know those characters and this movie doesn't do that as well as some other ones. No, I agree. Um, Yeah. It's almost love actually season guys. It's almost time to rewatch and think about all the ways in which it doesn't hold up. And I still like it. Yep. The other thing I like about this rom-com, this rom- that sounded weird. The other thing I like about this movie, two other things I like about this movie that I think are the reasons like I really enjoy watching it. First is it's funny. Like there mm-hmm. are some, we, there were moments last night where we laughed out loud at this movie. Several of um, them I wrote down. Oh, Leslie no. Mann and Jake Lacey have some fantastic interactions. They're both, both very funny people. They're both very funny people and both very good actors um and they they're doing some fun stuff i said to carry this movie an obvious child like that plus that erases like jake lacy as white lotus like if you take this movie and his character an obvious child just like a picture of warming the butter then you will forget that spoiler alert he killed a man after he pooped in a suitcase like (laughs) yes it's it's it it took some work to get there but then I just remembered him warming butter and then he was cute with Leslie Mann and I was fine yeah I'm gonna choose that you know White Lotus Jake Lacey is not um part of my Jake Lacey canon I really I'm just gonna leave I'm gonna leave White Lotus where it is that's how I feel about that about Steve Zahn everyone was all like guys Steve Zahn's great White Lotus and it's like well well some of us have been watching You've Got Mail and uh that thing you do for decades so we already knew that about right yeah Uh um yeah so there's some very and rebel wilson of course is always doing very funny work um i think that there's a likelihood that some of her stuff was improvised i know for sure they gave her like alternate lines to play with because they have like blooper reels where you can see the various lines she's tried out and so and that comes through that she was really kind of just playing with this character and trying to be like fun and funny um and it's it's quite successful I do think you're right that there is something regressive and disappointing about the fact that she once again is in this like promiscuous fat girl stereotype and like the only way was we let fat women be in movies is either as the butt of the joke or as like the promiscuous raunchy girl we don't let them have like fully formed fully flushed out love stories of their own 
and yeah, there's, that sucks. There are shades to it, which is like, I don't think this is conscious in this movie. I think it's so much of all of our ingrained fat phobia, but there, but the, it is almost saying the only way like fat women can exist in relationships it, like isn't it so funny that they have sex right. isn't it so funny that people would find them attractive and that they have to be promiscuous like fat women have to be promiscuous in order to have like pleasure or companionship or like a man couldn't deign to like want to be, be in a serious relationship want to be in a relationship with her for the sake of being in a relationship with her now she does i do appreciate that she has a line later the thing i appreciate about the rebel wilson character sort of separate from her weight is she has a line later on where she she's she and dakota johnson get in this fight because she says to dakota johnson like when dakota johnson gets in a relationship she just disappears and sort of becomes you know, like relationship girl instead of like her own fully formed self and falls into their dick sand, their dick sand. Right. Um, and she says that like, when I do decide to settle down with somebody, I will know for sure that they want to be with me to be with me because I know who I am. Like, I know who that person is that they're ending up with. Um, and I like that sentiment a lot. I think that's a nice sentiment. And I think that in that way, we get a little bit more of an understanding of rebel Wilson, Um, but we're definitely playing with stereotypes and tropes in this movie when it comes to the, the fat character. I think we talked about when we talked about Bachelorette, how part of what you and I both really liked about that movie and what it was saying was that part of the problem with Kirsten Dunst is that she could not fathom that a handsome rich man wanted to marry her fat friend Mm -hmm. that like Kirsten Dunst one of one of her many many flaws was her complete misunderstanding that this man she would deem a good match for her would want to end up with someone like Rebel Wilson and I think this movie is showing us that problem without understanding this movie does not understand how like desirable men also want to be with fat women this is the an example of the movie. This trope, this stereotype that plays out in this movie is this it has ingrained all of us in our view of fat women. Like this is our our inherent fat phobia. This is what that Kirsten Dunst character had been taught, had learned, and it was from movies like this. It was from images like this. Like I cannot think of growing up a single like heavier woman representation of like this is this is a woman in like a healthy loving relation like we didn't get to see a woman bigger than a size two have any kind of romantic relationship in media I can think of one and it was a side story and it's Suki and uh yeah yeah Uh, you're right I think that might have been one of one of the only ones and I think one of Gilmore Girls uh, things that it needs to be lauded for more is that it let Melissa McCarthy and Suki St. James be a whole person with right 
that got to be in a happy, healthy relationship with a desirable man. And also she was a professional. It let her do all these sorts of things completely separate from the size of her body. Right. Uh, And for some reason, you know, how many years ago was Gilmore Girls? For some reason, that feels like, you know, a blip rather than like a mark of changing something. And I think like, I... I think if you were to ask Silverstein and Cone, they would tell you like, like, no, we're not fat phobic. Like we're letting, you know, like this character is living her best life. And And she is. And she is. And I'm not. And let me be very clear that I think I'm not trying to like, like slutching. Like if you want to have a promiscuous lifestyle, you go right out and have a promiscuous lifestyle, no matter what you look like. Like, I'm just saying that in terms of representation, for fat women like we get the promiscuous lifestyle more than we get we get the promiscuous lifestyle or we get the like sad like sad right sad best friend i can't fall in love because i can't lose weight then we get anything in like anything else and there is a line in this movie and it's you miss it because fat phobia is so deeply ingrained nobody thought to say that line's tough i think jake lacy said it when he was talking to Leslie Mann about her gaining weight because she was pregnant. You're not getting fat, you're beautiful. Those two things, this movie does not understand, nor do many, many people, that fat and beauty are not mutually exclusive things. First of all, she's carrying a fucking baby. Right. You're absolutely supposed to gain weight when you are growing a human. So she is getting fat. That's what her body's supposed to do. And also whether you are gaining weight because you are pregnant or because of any other reason, beauty is not then canceled out. Right. And it wasn't, nobody thought to say like, hey, those two things aren't mutually exclusive. We actually don't deny beauty based on body size because it's so deeply ingrained. Right. And I think you're right. I think like I think even Rebel Wilson would say like she was in control of that character and that character was having fun. And I think there's a valid argument to that. And also there's not much more to that character until that last scene you talked about. There's not much more to that character than a lot of funny lines and the fact that she sleeps around. Right. Like we're just not getting, we're not letting fat women be full people in the way that we're letting other thin women be full people right right and i'm and to be like we've said all of these characters lack a little bit of depth because there's so many of them so it's not like but also like i feel like allison brie got more character to her in a smaller part than rebel wilson did yeah and i think like i again like i really liked this movie i don't overall necessarily have many problems with it but I think like I wouldn't and I don't like but at the crux of it like there's nothing wrong with Rebel Wilson's character being who she is it's that it exists in a vacuum of other representation one thing I liked um about the Anders home character he's the like bar bar owner who sleeps around when he's giving um Dakota Johnson like a tour of her of his apartment and showing all the like ways that he avoids a relationship um or like anything serious with a woman he says something along the lines of basically like all men are like me I'm just honest about it which is 
like a really gross and regressive view of men but I think one of the nice and interesting more interesting things that this movie is doing is that like it then shows us that that's not the case like that's what his idea of men is he has this very like regressive neanderthalic like view of men but almost to a person like every other man in this movie demonstrates that that's not in fact the case um yeah the movie doesn't think that of men (laughs) right yeah but it is showing us there are certainly men that think that sure yeah yeah um but i i thought that like the way that that plays out is is well done in this movie yeah because we get handsome nice men who want you get jason manzoukas and jake lacy yeah men excited to commit and even Damon Wayne's Jr., like he doesn't end up in a relationship in the end, but I think argue it mean he was married. Like he is not a yeah, man. His, com- his current commitment phobia is because he's still grieving the loss of his wife, right. not because, you know, he has some regressive view of like men just want to sleep with women. Right. And, and like up their body count. <laughs> right. Was that a good dude impression I just did? It was great. Really. Thanks, beautiful. bro. <laughs> Yeah, I like the Damon Wayans Jr. storyline. I wish, I like, I I wish we lost other storylines so we could have more of like that. Yeah, right. Uh, at one point, um, Leslie Mann is talking about what she wants in sex, and she says, "All I need is a quick ten minutes and then a really long nap," and that was very funny. <laughs> it was very funny. Colin Jost is there. We didn't mention. Yeah, Colin anyway, Jost that is there briefly. Yeah. At the beginning, like when she's when Dakota Johnson's breaking up with cousin Greg. By the way, we we're referring to his succession character. Um, I said earlier, his real name is Nicholas Braun. He's a good actor. The problem is he's such a good good actor actor. that now we can only see him as cousin Greg. But anyway, when she's breaking up with him, he says like, "But we're happy," and she says, "Are we boring or are we happy?" And it's such a like college grad like 22 year old going yes the yes it's such a like 22 year old like way to look at things whereas like now in my 30s I'm like we're, we're both and that's a, like it's okay like I'm but, I'm happy because I'm boring you know but what also I mean? like in watching this movie I was like oh I I like like it made me miss my 20s or maybe yes. nostalgic like I don't want to yes, now it made me very continue to live that but it made me yes. nostalgic for my 20s in a way that like she did like I do think there's something valuable in being like okay, I'm going to go like figure out who I am. I'm going to I'm yeah. gonna date a lot of different people. I'm going to enjoy life. And it made me want to like go out and drink in bars like we did, you know, five, 10 years ago. But also then when you grow up, you realize that like, oh, the things we thought were like boring are actually now desirable. It's exciting to my group text with the same group of friends that I had when I was in my twenties that used to be like, I'm hungover. Let's go get brunch. Uh, where are we going tonight? What bar are we meeting at? Is now like pictures of their children in the houses they're buying. And that's exciting. <laughs> that's yeah. just growing up. And I think this movie does a pretty good job of capturing like that time in your 20s when you're meeting at bars and then sending, I can't move. I'm so hungover. Someone bring me brunch texts. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this movie does a really nice job of sort of capturing that time period in your life. Um, for you know for those of us who sort of followed that path of like college singleness um whatever we watched it we watched it with our mom and 
she was sort of like, I never really did that because she got married right out of college. Yeah. And then divorced I, and then remarried. I can't remember if it was this movie or like a sim. I think it might have actually been like a sitcom like New Girl or something. Like I w- was watching with Jeff and like he never really, he like a little bit had it, but he never super had it because like after college he moved away from his best friends and like lived in a city where he didn't really know anyone and um and I was like I like I'll give you a hall pass like you can go like I want you to like I feel sad for you that you didn't get to have this like um I was like do you want to like take six months and go live with your best friend like would that be yeah, there's like no greater feeling than waking up like on a Sunday morning and like all getting in one bed and piecing together the night before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have always thought like, oh, if maybe if I moved to LA in my like early 20s, I moved to LA in my like mid to late 20s, but maybe if I had moved to LA in my early 20s, I would be farther along in my career. And then it's like, I would not for the life of me have given up like the time I lived in Chicago post college with my best friend from college and my other friends like lived nearby and the times they lived at home they like slept in our apartment we were dad when dad was driving me uh home from the airport yesterday we uh were on division or we were on cicero right by the blue line that where your and jamie's old apartment was and i just had this like visceral like oh our 20s when we would just be drunk here (laughs) Like, yeah, I was like, oh, Carrie and I once like someone stole Carrie's phone and then we got into like a standoff with them here. Like, God, I miss it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this movie is a lot of fun in that way, for sure. I would say, I mean, this is a great like. You know, we cozied up, it was raining, drank some wine. This was like the perfect movie for that. Yeah, I was in no way mad. At the- and honestly, like it has a 47 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, yeah, OK. I think like maybe I could I would bump it up to like a 54. Yeah. I think I enjoyed more than half of the, you know what I mean? Like I think it yeah. deserves over 50. But yeah, it's not it's not like inspiring me to run and go right. <laughs> no. But I'm not sure that's its purpose in life. I'm not sure know? that's its purpose. Allison Breeze says she created an algorithm to only get the good men on dating apps. And I would just like to say if anyone has created that algorithm, I will pay for it. You had a rough week though in dude man why did i have a rough week in dude there was the k the guy who texted k and the guy who said your name was alice oh the guy who said my name is alice the next day he i got another message from him that was like alice i mean allison it must have been autocorrect i was like autocorrect knows that both alice and allison are names messed <laughs> up. wait what was the guy who texted k he was like, he was like, send me your number, K. Oh, yeah. Send me your number, K. It was like, I was literally like, hey, how are you? And he was like, good, send me your number, K. <laughs> also, I will say, so I'm on Bumble. And every day I get like, every day in LA, I get like a handful of, you know, likes. I've been in Chicago for under 12 hours and they're, I'm raking in the likes. Now, are they... Uh, quality I don't know but like I gotta like I just yeah but this is I mean this is what Adam Pally talked about on on the mini project you are a Chicago 10 thank you but you're probably oh I'm like an LA3 
I was gonna I was gonna say seven but you know but I also think I was having this conversation with a friend of mine when we went for drinks the other night shout out Jennifer Jennifer Finkel of like in LA a lot of guys are looking for LA influencery like yeah just a different type of woman that I am not and so in Chicago uh like comedy writer in Chicago is a gold like a gold mine Mm-hmm. In LA, it's sort of, it's, <laughs> there's, you throw a rock and you hit one. So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I need to make my profile more influencer to trick them and then they can meet me and I'll be like, oh, no, that's not who I am. <laughs> you could do, I read a, um, a rom com book one time. Gosh, I can't even think of what it was called. And I read it a million years ago, but she creates two profiles to like do like a social experiment. Um, to see like which profile gets more likes. That's like how Tom Haverford on Parks and Rec um, creates a different profile for every letter of the alphabet, alphabet and the one that Leslie matched with was Tom N. Haverford for nerd. <laughs> His favorite movie is books. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, exactly. Um, what are we watching next? Is it a rom-com? <laughs> what are we watching does it involve angela bassett burning a car up mm-hmm. next week we are watching waiting to exhale is that the right movie is that the one where she burns the car yeah yeah um i've never seen waiting to exhale i have no predictions except that i don't think it's a rom-com um <laughs> it's not like a group of women friends oh okay um and i think that some of them are probably in relationships and whitney houston is there so I did. I I told you this, and we can talk about this more last week or next week. But um, Tracy Thomas, who hosts the Stacks podcast, it's a book podcast. She said that um, she just recently had Nicole Byer on, and they talked about Waiting to Exhale, the book, and uh, does not super well hold up in 2021. So I'll be interested to watch the movie, see if the movie is similar, um, and. Maybe I've not read the book, but maybe I'll, I'll probably try and listen to Tracy's podcast ahead of time so that we can have, I'll have some background about the book. Where can people find us? You can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod and on Twitter at hold underscore up underscore podcast. Um, and you can tell your friends and you can rate review and subscribe. Then you can tell your friends about the show. <laughs>